Welcome to the Recession Resistant Real Estate Radio, where we talk about real estate, passive investing, business strategies, and so much more. I'm your host, Brandon Cobb, CEO of HPG Capital. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everybody, Brandon Cobb with HPG Capital. Thanks for tuning in in today's episode. Today's episode is the next recession imminent. And most importantly, what can you do to prepare for it? I'm excited to jump in and share what we're doing in the event that something does happen. So we're going to talk about interest rates today. We're going to talk about inflation, supply chain, housing, everything, the energy sector, what's happening in Russia. Crazy times right now. I'm excited to jump in. But before we do, if we've been having a one-way conversation, if you've been listening to these episodes and you've been curious about adding recession-resistant real estate to your portfolio to receive passive income straight to your bank account, reach out to us. We'd love to set up a call and explore more on how we might be able to help you. And most importantly, get to know you because this is a relationship game and we're interested in building a relationship. All right, on to today's episode. So let's talk about everything that's happened this year. Holy cow. You see a lot of headlines talking about, is the recession imminent? You know What does that mean? So first, let's talk about what a recession is and some of the myths that are out there around recessions. One, if you're looking at the stock market, it's been down 30% this year. The stock market is not the economy. I've had a lot of people who make the comment that, oh, wow, the economy is down 30% this year. That is not true. The stock market is just a market for buying and trading shares of businesses. It is not the economy. The reason the stock market gets so much attention, though, is it has done a pretty good job of predicting historical recessions. Typically in the past, if you look at stock market declines, anywhere between eight months and 1.8 years after a stock market decline, you get a recession. That's usually how it goes. Money flows into the economy. It does well. When money is being pulled out of the economy, it doesn't go well. And a lot of consumers put their money into stocks, which are the businesses, which are the life of the economy, which is why it gets so much. But recessions are not all the same and they don't, uh, they don't affect all the sector's the same either. They affect them differently. Back in 2000, you had the tech stocks that took a huge hit. They didn't do so hot during the dot-com boom. Other sectors you know, did all right. In 2008, 2009, it was single family that took a hit. Other sectors did okay, though, though that was a pretty big um, constriction and, and a lot of other sectors did get affected, but some still made it, right? They bounced back. 2020, you had COVID affect office space and retail and restaurants big time. Single family did really well. So nobody knows what the next recession is going to affect. They don't know when it's going to happen. They don't know how bad it's going to be. But we do know that things recover. So the mindset should be not how do I prevent any loss, but how do I make sure I'm positioned in the assets that are not going to go to zero? that there's a good runway for, that there's high demand, that historically have proven to go up in value. That's the key. We've all seen what happens for our portfolios in 2020, right? Everyone remember that one, especially those who were about on the verge of retire and you had most of your portfolio in stocks and they took a 30% hit in like six weeks. Uh, 2008 and nine, you know, a lot of people went bankrupt in the single family world who were over leveraged on their loans. Uh, 2000, when you bought into a bunch of tech stocks that fundamentally didn't have any value, it just had a dot com at the end of their name, the savings and loan crisis of the night, all these things bounce back eventually. The key is how do you make sure you are in the right asset classes to weather the storm? Now, 
Is a storm coming? Let's talk about all the crazy things that have happened this year. Interest rates are going up, right? Pretty darn good indicator that you're going to have a cooling off of the economy when it becomes more expensive to borrow money, right? We have a debt-fueled economy. Typically, the more debt we're taking out, the more the economy's booming, right? People got money. They're doing businesses. They're buying a bunch of stuff they don't really need because they have discretionary income. Well, it's getting more expensive. Some of those things are going to be weeded out. But from an interest rate perspective at five, five and a half percent for a 30-year mortgage, which is usually the, the backbone of the economy, that's pretty darn good. Borrowing money at five, five and a half percent is pretty stinking good. That is still not going to break the bank, especially if you were in some of those more affordable real estate assets. If you're buying a $360,000 home, right? You know, that's one reason why we're so bullish on affordable first time home buyer products is because their mortgage only went up like 400 bucks a month, right? That's still very affordable for something that there's a lot of demand for. And one of the reasons why we really like this asset class and we're, we're in it right now may not be like that forever. We want to be in it now while there's an opportunity and a good runway is because there is a huge demand for it during contractions. Certain needs disappear. The needs for luxury items, the needs for vacations during an economic contraction, and certain needs increase. Affordable living increases. People need a place to live. That need does not go away during a recession. All it does is exacerbate the problem. People move from bigger homes that are more expensive living arrangements, downtown apartments, to the more affordable apartments, right? They move from bigger, more expensive homes to more affordable homes. They just want to stay out of the, the, the F and D neighborhoods so they don't want to get shot. So that's one of the reasons why we're very bullish on housing. No matter what interest rates have done, I, I you know, we're not seeing any any tapering from you know buyer demand. It slowed a little bit. The traffic slowed, but demand is still there. You want to make sure that your inflation, what is inflation doing, right? It's causing all of this appreciation, blowing up all these different asset bubbles, right? When you print all this money, which by the way, half of the dollar bills that have ever existed in the economy have been printed in the past two years, you can't help but get inflation. But you want to kind of keep it under control, which is why the Fed's, you know, raising rates. It's funny. We're going to print all this money and create inflation, and then we're going to raise rates to try to combat it a little bit. Uh, that's ludicrous in my mind. Um, what assets do well during inflation? That's what you need to ask yourself, right? Typically commodities, stocks, real estate, Look at what typically does well historically during inflation. So the reason why we're in real estate, it's always gone up. The dollar will continue to devalue and make other assets like real estate more attractive and increase their value. What is going on with the supply chain? Holy cow. COVID over in China, shutting everything down. It's taken a long time to produce goods and service to get them here to fulfill the demand. You know, we're filling it. We're a builder here in Nashville. Man, we what used to take five months to build a home, it's now taking nine months, 10 months to build a home. Well, you cannot get materials in time. This is causing the prices of homes to go up. It's causing a longer delay with consumers. It's causing more stress on the consumer. It's causing more demand for consumers to want homes because it's taking longer to get into it. And this is another reason why I think single family housing and multifamily housing is positioned really well is you've got huge demand, no supply, and you know the supply is not getting fed anytime 
soon, right? We're still playing catch up from the lack of housing inventory from 2008, 2009, 2010, and then you know 2020, 2021, whenever everybody shut everything down, thinking it was gonna gonna collapse again. So housing, single family housing, multifamily housing has a great runway. There's there's no supply out there right now. And you have incredibly high demand, especially in the more affordable assets. And you got to think when interest rates go up, you know, a $360,000 home, your mortgage goes up, you know, four or 500 bucks a month. If you have a two, $3 million home, your mortgage went up a lot more. You might not afford it anymore. So you got to be careful about which sectors you have your capital deployed in and, and what you know, what asset class, right? What's going to do well during a contraction? So that's one of the things we're doing. Um, talked about inflation. We talked about the supply chain. We talked about housing. We talked about interest rates. So, you know, what can you do to prepare in the event that this next recession does occur? One is don't try to avoid it completely, right? Look at all the past recessions. Everything bounces back eventually. You just want to make sure that your capital is in capital preservation mode. In other words, what asset classes are it, are is it in that's designed to weather the storm? Right. Big difference between having your money in you know oil and housing, uh, groceries, things that people are going to need during a recession versus Rolex watches, Airbnbs, you know, vacation rentals, stuff that typically takes a big hit. So just make sure you're weathering the storm, not trying to completely uh, avoid it altogether. Next is how big of a runway can your investments take a hit. So, you know, we're not doing deals where there's, you know, eight and 10% margins and we're trying to do a lot of volume. We want nice, deep 20 to 25% deals that have a big runway. And how quickly can you get in and out of your deals, right? Typically, we want to be in and out on all of our infill projects within you know, 10 months or less, right? That's the goal. We want to build it, sell it, buy it, build it, sell it all within 10 months. That allows us to reduce the risk of a market contraction kind of catching us, right? 2008, 2009, it was the people building all these, these spec custom homes. It took forever that got, you know, that got caught with the bag. You know, you don't want to take 15, 16 months to build a home. You want to get in and out quick. On a lot of our land development deals, we want to make sure that we got an exit plan, right? Like I want enough room where I can build the land, develop the land, and then sell it off to another builder at a nice hefty profit if I need to, or another developer, right? You want exit strategies. You also want to make sure you're reducing your operational expenses, right? Stop buying stupid things. Make sure that you know what you're spending your money on and reduce your monthly payments on any kind of loans you have. One of the reasons why we do equity deals on all the land is because we don't want to get stuck with a bank note on the land. If we have equity partners and we bought it using our own money, there are no interest payments on the land. You have equity accumulating that you're going to pay out to the investors, but you're in a good position because you're not going to get caught where you can't pay your bills. That is super important. We have extremely low overhead on all of our interest payments on everything, or we don't have any at all because we set up interest escrow accounts when we raise money for projects. We've got anywhere between 12 and 24 months of interest escrow accounts set up. So we know that all of our loans and our bills are paid for, which brings me to the next thing you'd be doing is operational expenses. You need six to 12 months of operational expenses on hand, be able to weather whatever you need to and weather event. Keep your operational expenses low. Make sure you got cash sitting on the sideline because I don't know about you, but I get excited like when these things happen. This is like the best buying opportunity ever. We bought 
so much stuff back in 2020 at such a huge discount. And then when it came time to sell it, there was no discounted sale price. Everything we bought at a 30% discount sold at a premium, and we made more money in 2020 than we ever had historically. There's going to be some great deals out there. You want to make sure that you're ready for that. You're on the sidelines, and you got your investors, and you got your cash. This is the time to make a lot of money. It's not the time to get scared and sit on the sidelines, people. Listen to what Warren Buffett said. He said, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Get ready to take advantage of a phenomenal buying opportunity. And again, we might not even have a recession. We don't know. But the whole goal is make sure that you're prepared. So that's all for today's episode. It was great talking with you guys. See you next time.